So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been intimidated? Ever been intimidated? Ever, ever had a moment where you were, you were frightened? You were pressured? You were threatened? You were a little bit afraid? If so, and most of us have all had at least one of those things happen to us, what did you do? What did you do with your fear? What did you do with your intimidation? Did you close your eyes and count to 10, kind of hoping everything would, would go away? Did you grab a, a ring pop and, and start licking your fear away until you, you felt like everything was fine? Maybe to absorb your intimidation, you, you had four or six salted caramel apple cheesecake brownies, just, just to kind of help the intimidation a little bit. Or maybe when it comes to fear, what you do is you drink a cup of maximum charge cannonball coffee, you know, maybe with a, a little splash of turbocharged French vanilla creamer, just trying to, to caffeinate your fear away. Some of us do that, right? Or maybe when fear and intimidation come your way, you start knitting something, or you start woodworking something, or, or maybe you pull out your old... Danny Davis and the Nashville Brass albums, and you just you hang out and just try to chill out. Yeah. We all have something that we use for fear and intimidation. Tug McGraw was a Major League Baseball pitcher for 19 years. He was a two-time All-Star, and he also won two World Series. And for you country music fans, yes, he was Tim McGraw's dad. So Tug had an interesting philosophy about pitching, and he called it the frozen snowball philosophy. And he described it using Willie Stargell. Willie Stargell was one of the most feared power hitters back in his day. And this is what Tug said. If I come to a pitch with the bases loaded and heavy hitter Willie Stargell is at bat, there is no reason I want to throw the ball. But eventually, I have to pitch. So I remind myself that in a few billion years, the earth will become a frozen snowball hurtling through space, and nobody's going to care what Willie Stargell did with the bases loaded. Now, I'm no rocket surgeon, so uh, I won't speculate on the whole snowball earth thing, but, but his point is super helpful. When we are intimidated, when we are frightened, when we are threatened, one of the most important things we can do is have perspective. So, how do you have perspective? What's the best way for you to have perspective? And what's a perspective that can help you in every moment of life? The good days and the bad days, the happy days and the sad days. What is a perspective that can change and transform your heart and your mind no matter what you're facing in life. What kind of perspective is that? Well, let's see if we can find out. We turn our attention to the New Testament today, to the letter to the Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll be looking at verse 26 to begin with. But before I, I do, I just, I want to say exactly what I said last week. This sermon and these verses were scheduled for February 10th. That's when this was planned out. And so this passage today is this beautiful picture of God's grace. And so I just encourage you, be of good cheer. God wanted us to hear this truth today. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 26. And his voice 
shook the earth then. I was in the balcony earlier this week here in the sanctuary uh, putting some things together for our live stream this morning up in the sound booth. And, and while I was sitting up there, all of a sudden the, the whole room started to shake. I mean, like seriously started to shake. I mean, I, I thought it was an earthquake. And, that, and that's happened to me before when I've been in this room during the week, but, but never as intense as it was this past week. It, it was It was shaken. Now, I haven't seen any news about an earthquake, so I'm just assuming maybe it has something to do with, you know, flight paths between us and the airport here, or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Ricky has taken the church vacuum cleaner and he's got some serious hot rod modifications on it, I don't know, but, but this thing was shaken this past Wednesday. It says here that the voice of God shook the earth then. So, so when's then? Well, about... 1,500 years before Hebrews was wrote. Moses and the Israelites, they were at Mount Sinai. God was about to give Moses the Ten Commandments. And the people were all spread out at the bottom of the mountain. And as they were standing there, the the ground began to quake. The ground began to to shake. Now, not in an uncomfortable way like you're sitting in the sanctuary and something fills off. It was more like an earthquake, and the people were in fearful awe. And the reason I say fearful awe instead of just saying they were afraid is because if we just say they're afraid, we might miss why they were afraid. They were in fearful awe because God was drawing near. The one true God of the universe was drawing near and the ground was shaking and they were shaking because God was present. They weren't fist bumping. They weren't saying, hey, this is kind of fun. It's kind of cool. This this wasn't a, a ride at an amusement park. They were terrified. They were intimidated and they were filled with awe. Now, someone might say, you know what? I don't want anything to do with a God like that. I don't want some God that scares people to death. I don't, I don't want some God that, that leaves people shaking. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard somebody say something like this? Hey, you know what? That's just how I am, and you can't change me. Maybe you said that to someone. The reality is, though, as humans, we, we can change. We can sleep better. We can eat better. We can read more, study more, save more. We can be kinder to our spouse. We can be kinder to our parents. We can be kinder to our kids. We can be more diligent with our schoolwork, even online. We can, we can be more diligent with work, even from home. And we can be more diligent in social distancing. We, we can make some changes. But God is holy, holy, holy. God is other, other, other. There's, there's absolutely no one like God. The Lord God is the only being in the universe who was and is and is to come. Therefore, he's the only one who truly gets to say, I am who I am. God is God. And he cannot change and he will not change to, to meet our buffet-style approach to religion. God is who he is, and we must deal with him as he is. There is no option. And God is the only one 
who can truly shake the whole world. His, his voice is the only voice that can truly shake the whole world. And that's what he does when he draws near. Don't miss this. God is drawing near right now because the world is, is being shaken. We're being shaken from, from the things that are normal to our day. We're being shaken from the things that we normally rely on. We're being shaken by a virus that we can't even see. So what's your perspective right now? What's, what's your perspective in the middle of all of this? Maybe your perspective is, is you're looking at all this, you're like, oh, yep, this is the beginning of that old frozen snowball. Or maybe you're saying, yep, this is, this is what's going to happen with climate change. This is a picture of that. Or, or maybe you're saying, you know what, this whole thing is just fake news conspiracy theory. Or maybe you're looking at this and you're saying, you know what, this is, this is just some flu bug like anything else. It'll blow over. Or maybe you're looking at all this through the eyes of panic and fear and anxiety. Well, regardless of, of how you're looking at these things, regardless of what eyes you're using through all this, please know this, God is drawing near. God's drawing near. God's always drawing near. God's always drawing near with, with grace and kindness. God's always drawing near in the, in the middle of wars and, and earthquakes and pandemics, trying to help our hearts hear his voice. So, is this the end of our economy? Is this the end of our society? Is this the end of the age? Well, I haven't paid my $49.99 for my online degree in prophecy with a minor in holy water. So I'm not going to try to be any crazy prophet here, but I will say this. It's probably not the end of the age. Why? Well, the language of the Bible is pretty clear. And it establishes this sense that when Jesus steps foot on this earth again, the whole world will know it immediately everywhere. There will be power, there will be authority, and it will be immediate. So if that's the case, then, then what's this? What are we dealing with here? Well, this is how Jesus said it. Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse 6. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars, See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs or birth pains. So Jesus says that things like this will happen, that wars and rumors of wars, that famines, that earthquakes, that pandemics, these things are going to happen, and he describes them as birth pangs, birth pains. I've got four kids, and one of their births was kind of scheduled. The, the doctor told us a, a certain morning that we needed to be there, and they were going to begin the, the process of inducing 
But my other three kids did not go through that process. And so there was this moment when my wife looked at me and said, yo, it's time to go now. Why? Because those birth pains were increasing. They were getting a little more real. And those birth pains were starting to let her know that that party was starting quickly. So we had to go. So how do we respond to this unique moment in history? Can, can we just blow it off? Can we just say, hey, well, I mean, Dow said it wasn't the end of the age, so it doesn't really matter what I can do. I can just kind of go about my business and not worry, right? No, we, we can't blow it off. Why? Listen to the last part of verse 26. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven." There is coming a day where God is going to shake the earth again one last time. And we don't know when that's going to be. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might be next Friday. It might be April 14th. It might be 75 years from now. But whenever it is, as sure as the world was spoken into existence... As sure as more than 300 distinct prophecies were perfectly fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. As sure as Jesus lived and loved and healed and preached and taught. As soon as Jesus was arrested and crucified outside of Jerusalem. As as sure as Jesus was buried in a tomb and, and raised from the dead three days later. As sure as Jesus was seen by at least 500 people risen and alive. As sure as Jesus was seen by his closest friends ascending into heaven, telling them that he was coming again. As sure as all of these things are true, Jesus, in some way, shape, or form, will set foot on earth again. So, are you ready? Are you ready? Somebody might ask, well, what if I'm not here when he returns? I I don't need to be ready, right? Everything's fine. No. I'm just going to say just a few things, and and, and they're going to be heavy for just a moment, but, but hang in there with me through the moment. It may not be COVID-19. It might be cancer. It might be a stroke. It might be a heart attack. It might be an earthquake. It might be a tornado. It might be a hurricane. It might be a car accident. It might be a terrorist attack. It might just be old age. But for every one of us, the day is coming. And God, over and over again, today, right now, he did it yesterday. Lord willing, he'll do it tomorrow. God graciously and kindly, through wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and tornadoes and famines and pandemics, he keeps kindly saying, are you ready? Are you ready to wake up on the other side of death? Are you ready to meet the one who has so simply said to the world, I am who I am? Every second of every day is a merciful reminder 
that our merciful God is giving his mercy again. His, his mercy is available right now. Right now. But one day, when God comes to shake the earth one last time, that door of, of his mercy is going to shut forever. And so the question today is, again, are you ready? Now someone's thinking, golly, man, let's go find another live stream. This guy's depressing. Let's move on. So is there any hope? I mean, fair enough. Is, is there any hope for this heavy news? Well, there is. Yes, there's hope. <laughs> A thousand times over, there is hope. Listen to verse 27. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So what kind of things can't be shaken? What is that? Well, we're seeing right now the difference in things that can't be shaken and the things that can be shaken, right? We know what can be shaken, right? Schools, jobs, hospitals, health, government, nations. We're seeing that the, the stock market and the banks and vacations and family and friends and, and our normal routine, all of that can be shaken. In 1989, Hurricane Hugo had a, a devastating path through the Caribbean and the southeast United States, including here in our state in South Carolina. I came across a portion of a letter from some Christians that were in St. Croix when, when Hugo came through there. And this is a part of their letter. It reads like this. Hugo has further reinforced in our minds the importance of holding loosely to material things. In one night, accumulated wealth for which people had labored for many years was turned over to wind and rain. Someone's saying, dude, I thought you were going to start saying something hopeful, man. This stuff is still depressing. Okay, here's, here's the hopeful part. Listen again to verse 27, the last part. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So, what kinds of things can't be shaken? What, what will remain? On the second week of May in 1866, Charles Spurgeon was standing beside a church. He noticed how that church used to be a long way away from the shore, but now it had gotten closer. The cliff of, of clay that was there on the edge just year after year kept dissolving into the sea. And that church, which once sat far away, was now getting closer and closer. In fact, Spurgeon estimated that by 1868, that church would be just like that cliff and fall into the sea. <laughs> Again, somebody's thinking, man, dude, your stories get worse and worse. All right, here's, here's the hope. So Spurgeon asked this question connected to that church that would fall into the sea. This is what he said. Will you hold up your hands 
and cry, the church of God is gone. I mean, really. Could, could Spurgeon have gone out there on the, on the edge of that cliff knowing that that church just fell to the sea and, and said, well, the church of God, it's gone. No. Because God's church is not just a building. It is a living organism. I heard this week one pastor in China who said that, that their church is now shut down. They're, they're only able to meet online. But he said what it's doing is it's causing their church to learn to be the church instead of just do church. It's a big difference. Look, I want y'all here. <laughs> I mean, it is strange to be preaching to an empty room, but I'm really not preaching to an empty room. Pastors all over the world today are reaching more people with the gospel this morning than maybe we ever have. This is not a time to say, oh, well, the gospel isn't working. The gospel is working. God is drawing near, and the world is being shaken. The reality is a, a cliff can shake a church building into the sea. And a virus can shake a church building from being able to meet together. But the earth and a cliff and a sea and a virus can never make the church of God disappear. How? Why? Listen to verse 28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. If you're a Christian, you have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Just marinate on that just for a second. You are now part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Just make that practical. The bank cannot shake the kingdom of God. The stock market cannot shake the kingdom of God. Stress, anxiety, fear, worry cannot shake the kingdom of God. War cannot shake the kingdom of God. Pandemics, plagues cannot shake the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken under any circumstances. If your life is being rocked right now, if everything in your life is being shaken, if you're feeling the tremors of stress and anxiety and anger and aggravation, if you are a believer, you can still sing to your soul, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." How? Why? Because Jesus purchased the copyright of that song for your heart with his own blood. Jesus, through his birth and life and death and resurrection, he has made a way for things to be right between you and God. Jesus has satisfied the penalty of your sin. This is oversimplified, but, but I like simple. If you are saved, you are safe. If you are saved, you're safe. If you're a believer and follower of Jesus right now, you're a child of God, and absolutely nothing can ever change that, ever. 
On the flip side, if you are not saved, you are not safe with God. Your life can be shaken and there will be nothing that remains because only the truth of God remains forever. So we would plead with you, turn to Christ today. Run to Christ today. He is always ready and willing to save. Salvation is safety. David Platt is the former president of the International Mission Board. He's currently the pastor, lead pastor of McLean Bible Church in, outside of, of D.C. He wrote an opinion this week for the Washington Post, and this is what he said about preaching to an empty room. It's not hard to speak to people whom I can't see in front of me. I would say that in some ways I can see them more clearly now than I could before. And in this, I believe I have a great privilege. And and here's the privilege. Every Sunday, I get to point multitudes of people here and around the world toward the author of peace who alone can generate the headline, pandemic no more. If you are in Christ, you have been an established member forever in a kingdom that never ends. You are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You are a child of the king of the universe. You belong to the author of peace. And if that's true, then this is true. If the pandemic claims your life or if you escape the spread. Either way, because of the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, because of who Jesus is, there is coming a day where you will hear the words, pandemic, no more. Or maybe you'll hear some different words. Maybe you'll hear cancer no more. Maybe you'll hear diabetes no more. Maybe you'll hear dementia no more. Maybe you'll hear stress no more, anxiety no more. Maybe you'll hear single no more. Maybe you'll hear orphan no more. Maybe you'll hear funerals no more. Maybe you'll hear death no more. Maybe you'll hear enemy no more more. But if you are in Christ, please know your safety is guaranteed. And all of those things will be true for you, but only in Christ. Because only His kingdom can never be shaken. Many years ago, there was a a village where an earthquake hit. The people were alarmed. They were panicking. They didn't know what to do. But there was one old woman in the village, and she was just as calm and cool as a cucumber. And one of the villagers went over to her and said, 
are, are you not afraid? And she said, no. No, I rejoice that I have a God who can shake the world. Do you have that old woman's peace today? Do you have her confidence? Are you living in her safety? I want you to know that in the next few hours, in the next few days, you're probably going to have some fear. You're going to have some anxiety, some stress. You're going to panic. You're going to worry. You're going to get angry. You're going to get aggravated. You're going to feel a little discouraged or depressed, hopefully not long, maybe just for a moment. But, but if and when you experience any of those things, if you are in Christ, you can still whisper to your soul, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus because his kingdom cannot be shaken."